<laughs> hey, welcome to Story on the Spot. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Right, so this is the world's only thriller fiction improv podcast or the world's only good thriller fiction improv podcast. I got to uh, make sure I preface that. And so we got a little bit of a different show today down here. Mr. Common Sense is R.A. McGee. Hey, R.A., how you doing? What's up, Jimothy? How you doing, man? Pretty good. Over here, you can't, his screen's just black right now, but this is, oh, there he is. Hey, right on time, Dave. Perfect timing. That is Mr. David Wood, uh, who has been on the show before, but it's been a long, long time. It was 31 episodes ago. Dave, you can't hear anything? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Uh, Dave, do a just refresh. Um, okay. Nope. Dave's going to come. Dave's refreshing. He's going to come back in. We could just improv other contestants, man. If you want, I can pretend to be different people, like Channel Nick, Channel Craig. You know, we'll be all right if uh, <laughs> if nothing happens. We'll just talk about whatever books we're reading or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, Dave hadn't been on the show since episode six. That pigometers. Ah, that? great title that was. I remember pigometers. Man. Pigometers, yeah. There's that Dave. Was so good. Dave's coming back, I think. Um, all right, Dave, can you hear us? We good, Dave? Can you hear us, Dave? Yes. Oh, great. Uh, we'll see about that, but I can't hear you at least. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a good place to start. All right, so this is episode number 37 of the world's first and only thriller fiction improv game show, or the only good one, as we've already established. Last week's winner, why is that not here? Last week's winner was Nick. And uh, I don't know why the document didn't say for some reason that shouldn't be blank, but we could just say blank and you guys could throw your own name in there if you want. Even the document knew that Nick should not be winning uh, episode <laughs> of this show. The document <laughs> refused to save after I type in Nick's name. <laughs> Surprised it didn't catch fire. <laughs> Hey, if you're watching, if this is your first time watching, welcome. Um, so here's how this works. We're going to, I'm going to put some story prompts on the screen and these authors are going to pitch stories that they make up on the spot. Hence the name of the show. You watching will vote by comment. Just put a comment below to tell us who you thought won each round. And then next week you'll tune in to see the winner, unless it's Nick, in which case, you know, the, the, the hell hell's, uh, hell's mouth might open up and mm -hmm. swallow Please. us all. It's true. <laughs> Today we have a bonus word, and that bonus word is bodacious, which mm. is an adjective meaning most excellent. Mm. And if you fit in the bonus word into one of your stories, you're going to get this, plus you get a bonus point for the round. All right. I think we have done all of our yep, done all of our stuff. Here's our first round. So here's the prompt. Jump for freedom. An unnamed North Korean man in his late 20s told officials his training as a gymnast enabled him to jump almost 10 feet high over a fence to escape into South Korea. After crossing the fence, the man evaded capture for about 14 hours before being detained by South Korean soldiers whom he told he wanted to defect. 
skeptical officials made him jump the same height again twice to help prove his story. <laughs> I wonder, is it they just had like a 10-foot mark on the wall or they marked them back up to the wall and they said, okay, now back over. Okay, fine. Now come back. <laughs> yeah, they, they took him into a basketball gym and he had to jump over the goal. They're like, show us, show us your dunk. Now show us a no-look dunk. Okay. Uh, Dave, R.A., which one of you would like to be first to pitch us a story based on this little prompt? I've got a thriller idea. This is a person who was part of an experimental program in North Korea to develop super spies. And it started out as female spies and they were trying to make them really bodacious, but um, they ended up just being able to improve muscles and tendons. They couldn't get the, the sexy parts going on as Borat would say. So um, this guy had his mind wiped because the experiment mostly failed but he did retain his jumping abilities and some other things. And so an American hero, because the hero has to be American, is going to find out about this. And this is how he will find about the secret plot for the super soldiers from North Korea to invade. Nice. Uh, hold on. Uh, Lisa Patterson, Nick, got ahead empowered by nanobots. 100%. Yep, 100%. Yeah, Lisa. Lisa's watched been here so many times. She knows exactly where each of these stories are going to go. And uh, Joan wants to know if I get the ideas from the news. Generally. Yeah. There's a, there's a few websites that do news of the weird kind of stuff. And that's where I go draw from. But I, I usually try not to get stuff that's topical. Uh, Cause I don't really want stories to veer, to veer into politics or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but thank you for your pitch, Dave. What do you want to say, R.A. McGee? Well, I think that I think that Dave's on the right track, right? But I think that he's uh, a generation uh, behind. Okay, and what I mean by that well, is, well, I am old. Well, that was not a swipe at your age, sir. But as far as the story goes, uh, those women did make their way into North Korea as part of a, a spy program. Uh, but they were captured and they were imprisoned. And the the man who escaped is actually one of their children. Okay, he was the union of a uh, a guard, a kindly North Korean prison guard, and one of the women. And uh, he never really knew why he was more athletic than the average person, but you know he obviously was. And his mother knew, and so she kind of trained him in secret, you know, the best that she could uh, before he was you know, snatched away on his 10th birthday and sent to a different camp uh, for young men. And so he's always had this plan in mind and he's always uh, known that he was going to escape one day. And what's going to happen is he's going to go down and, and work with the South Korean officials. And uh, given his uh, mastery of the culture uh, of, you know, North Korea, he's going to go back into North Korea but this time he is uh, uh, working on an assassination plot. So that's what I think we have. I think we have a, a superhero uh, offspring who's going to be uh, doing some dastardly things for the South Koreans. So, Son of superhero. That's right. Son of superhero is a nice title. I'm going to write that down. Possible. Uh, all right. Let me put our prompts back up here and moving right along. We can skip to round number two. This is how it starts. An unnamed hunter near the Czech Republic village of Horniplana 
contacted police in late November after a deer startled by the man's dogs charged him, snagging his 22 caliber rifle on its antlers before running into the woods. Deer running in the woods, gun hanging from his antlers. The gun was unloaded, and the police said another hunter saw the stag more than half a mile away with the rifle still hanging from its antlers. I have, I have so many questions. <laughs> I have so many questions. Are let's we really, ex- let's are explore we, those. I mean, are we really hunting with a, with a twenty-two? in yeah, the Yeah, that's my first question. What is the actual we, Yeah, we're really hunting like deer? Because if you have dogs, you're trying to flush the deer or even maybe hogs. But it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense to me. Second, um, this guy just saw the stag with the rifle from a half a mile away. Was he using a spotting scope? You know what? Never mind. Never mind. Well, gonna, R.A., tell us what happened. Well, this is this is what what's really happening. OK, now um, this it took place in uh, in Russia, right? Uh, Czech Republic, Czech Republic, Russia, whatever. Same thing. I'm sure they'll appreciate hearing that. Um, <laughs> so what I think is happening is, is that. Uh, th- there are a myriad of of deities and lesser beings in uh, Slavic folklore, okay? And now the one that we're all probably most familiar with is probably the the Baba Yaga, right? And uh, contrary to what John Wick would have you believe, it's not a a studly man in a suit that can kill people with pencils. It's Baba Yaga's an old witch uh, who lives in a house with chicken legs. And she helps people but she always puts her own spin on things. You know, it's the type of deal where you're going to get what you ask for, but it might literally be what you're asking for uh, because there's no nuance. You know, she takes pleasure in uh, kind of messing with us normal, normal humans. Well, uh, I think that our, our story starts with a hunter uh, and he's been skunked for years going in the woods you know, and he's doing every boneheaded mistake you can do up to and including trying to hunt deer with a 22. And he, you know, he's he's the ridicule of his village. You know, no one wants to hang out with him. His buddies are all much better hunters than him. So they, they make fun of him. Uh, you know, in some of those small towns, if you can't you can't put food on the table, you're never going to find a spouse either. So our guy is just having a tough time. You know what I mean? A lot of pent up rage. Uh, if you know what I'm saying. And so he seeks out the Baba Yaga and he implores her, let's make a deal. Okay. I I would like to be the greatest hunter in existence. And so she asks him a very, a very open-ended question. You know, how how do you want to do that? What can I do to help you be the best hunter in existence? And he goes, I want to think like a deer. I want to think like a deer. I want to have the reflexes and the instincts of a deer. And if I have that, I'll always know where they're going to be. And I can hunt them and I can head them off at the pass. And so she says, okay, the next time you go into the woods, right, right before you take the shot, right before you take the kill shot, I'm going to let you have the power to be one with the stag. And as you can imagine, he goes into the woods Foolishly is lining up the shot with his 22. And right before he pulls the trigger, he turns into a stag, right? He transforms into a stag. The antlers that are holding the strap of the rifle were his hands, you know, so that's why it's still caught up in his hands. 
And so then he bounds away and he is cursed for all eternity to be a stag. And that's why he has a rifle in his horns. Hopping dun, dun, around dun. The Czech Republic. So. Yeah. You know, if I ever get a chance to um, get a monkey's paw or a G, I mean, meet a genie, I'm certainly going to take my wish and run it past my attorney first, you know, to make sure that there's very, there's no leaks mm-hmm. in the wish. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, they always turn it back on you somehow. <laughs> Every time, man. Every time. Dave, can you still hear us? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Dave, what do you think's going on here? Um, I'm thinking a satirical Narnia type story. Uh, this guy has stumbled into a, the path to a different land. And in this place, instead of magic, the people weird wield conventional weapons and the deer stand their ground and things like that. So depending on what you want to parody, he's going to be drawn into this world and he's going to join one side or the other. And depending on which market you're targeting, you can have the liberal oppressors and the patriot animals who are holding on to their guns or vice versa or a classic civil war story. But either way, he's going to be pulled into like a powder war type Narnia with maybe some powder mages or something, but it's going to be conventional weaponry wielded by all these talking animals. And he's going to be the hero in the end. Sorry, Dave, I cut you off there. Yes, we're going to... That's okay. We're going to have like a wolves flinging raids and things like that. <laughs> However, normal people would wage war. The anim- the talking animals are waging this war. and Depending on which direction you want to go with it, he'll be the hero for yeah. whatever side. It's like Animal Farm Revolution. <laughs> Animal Farm 2. Yes. Animal Farm Narnia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. All right, so we are moving right along. Anybody have any breaking news? Anything to shamelessly promote? Dave, you got a book you want to pimp? Um, yeah, I have a recent release called Serpent. It's uh, part of my Danematic Adventure series, if you like, Indiana Jones, National Treasure, that kind of stuff. That's mostly what I write, and they're all written as standalone, sort of like your Clive Cussler Dirt Adventures. This one is a story of a uh, trek into the Peruvian part of the rainforest searching for a lost Inca city. And of course, we, we explore the legends of Yakumama and Sachamama, one of which is a gigantic serpent and the other is a bit more complicated uh, mythological animal. But I use a lot of history and a lot of real places and a lot of action and immersive adventures sort of thing. Check out Serpent, a Danematic adventure. Cool, and there'll be... Uh, not right this second, but there'll be links in the uh, links down below and in the show notes and stuff. So you can find that RA has no RA. You didn't write a book between last week and this week, man. I got close, man, but I didn't get through my second proofreading pass. So gotcha. All right. I just finished the first draft of my first ever private eye uh, book. And it was very, it's a very different experience than writing a thriller the, like the pacing and the the escalation of the stakes and stuff, it all works differently. So it's been an interesting learning experience for me. It's fun though, because it's with a character I like. I don't want to spoil anything because I know some of my readers watch this and you don't get to know until I want you to know. All right, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> all right, moving. I won't ask again. I won't ask again. <laughs> all right, round three. This is called Message in a Bottle. And this one is a little bit topical. It has to do with that uh, monolith a couple months ago. 
The recent unexplained appearance of a silver monolith in the deserts of Utah has made headlines all around the world. It also seems to have attracted imitators, including one in Romania's mountainous Nimt region. Nimt? I don't know how you say that. The nine-foot-tall metal structure mysteriously appeared one day and disappeared a few days later, leaving, quote, just a small hole covered by rocky soil, a local reporter said. Allegedly, a local, a bad local welder made it, but there's no proof. That was also a quote from the reporter. Mm. So what do you guys think is really going on here? Oh, Lisa Badger's booing me because I won't give her details about, uh, about the book. Lisa, you're just going to have to wait. All good things to those who wait, Lisa. It's coming soon. I promise. Mm. Guys, what do you think is happening think with that, this? I think an overhead view of these monoliths will mark out constellations and stellar maps and things like that. And the bad guys, the uh, reptilians who are posing as humans, are working on getting all these put in place. And when enough of them are in place, they can turn them on send out the signal and the aliens will return. So our intrepid heroes will be infiltrating the ranks of the reptilians and unraveling the plot and fighting sort of a modern sci-fi thriller. Nice. I see Dave is a fan of the lizard people theory. Mm. Well, I'm working theory? on something that's in, involving that. So it's on my mind. Yeah. Gotcha. You say, you say theory? Also what I look like under this shirt too. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man, this thing is chafing. <laughs> We're all friends here, right? We can take our masks off. No, okay, no jokes about Congress. It's too easy. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. You want to take another look at this? What do you think's going on here in uh, Nimpt in Romania? So, so, what I think is that, um, you know. Homer and Socrates and some of their older works, you can read uh, you can read stories about a, a a civilization that was lost to the ocean, right? And so I've always kind of assumed that that was Atlantis, or at least the basis for Atlantis. Um, and what I think this is is that, Atlantis was, they were kind of banished, you know, below, below the sea, you know, they lost a few wars and, you know, as they uh, adapted to their undersea life and used some of the uh, kind of, you know, incredible technology of the day uh, to, to adapt to undersea life, that they were plotting their revenge and they were plotting their way to come back. And the problem is they are aware that uh, the surface world has kind of uh, populated out of control and there's no way that they can meet us in a, a face-to-face battle on any front, right? On any, on anything, but they know that they have the advantage by being, you know, mostly amphibian. They can live either or, well, they decide that if they flood the earth, then that's kind of like a W right off the bat, right? Cause they're going to kill, you know, in amount of people and, and things like that. So, what these metal structures are, are they are like markers. And when there are enough markers that are, are in place around the globe, they can activate the markers and it will uh, raise the sea levels, right? And flood most of the earth. And that's their preparation uh, for their comeback, 
decimation campaign. So that's what I think is happening uh, with this. I think it's an Atlanta Atlantis revenge scheme. So very nice. Well, goodness, you know what? We are out of stuff. <laughs> I was three wow, miles ago. Fast. It goes quite a bit faster with two people. Uh, we didn't have to listen to Nick or Kevin bloviate at length about various things today, which is kind of nice. <laughs> but which is hey, the only reason you, I came on. <laughs> Nick's, so Nick, you didn't have to, so you can miss yeah. out on the bloviation. Yeah. I no asked Dave to come on. After. I asked Dave to come on, and he said, "Well, who else is going to be there?" And I was like, "You jerk." Yeah, he was like, "Is Nick coming?" <laughs> no. All right, fine. I'll show up. <laughs> no, but we uh, we very much appreciate David Wood for stopping by. That book you were talking about was Serpent, a Dramatic Adventure, and uh, there'll be links in the in the blah blah down below. And um, you know what? I think that's that's about our time. So thanks for coming, everyone, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>